This is Josh Molina with Santa Barbara Talks, and today I'm with Barrett Reed, who is the developer of the Waterline in the Funk Zone. He's a partner with the Miramar Group. How are you, Barrett? Good. Thanks for having me. Great. I am uh, just wanted to talk to you. I heard that you were recently appointed to the Planning Commission, and okay. I uh, thought that was really interesting and exciting. The Planning Commission needs some new faces, some new energy, uh, somebody with some younger perspectives. So uh, talk to me. What was that like, and how do you feel about this appointment? I wouldn't say that I have been actively pursuing politics for any period of time. It just, there was a opportunity that presented itself in Mike Jordan's seat, someone I respect. And I guess for such a time as this, there is an alignment of what I love that relates to what Planning Commission does. There's a, an alignment with the work I do, and there's just a heightened level of importance and significance to the future of Santa Barbara in the issues that are the big issues, topics that are coming through council and planning commission. And those are going to shape my life I and mean, my family's life in Santa Barbara for the rest of our life. So fortunately, I'm still pretty early in my career. And so I will see, not only see these changes materialize, but I can be an active participant in them. So I thought this is a good opportunity. So I've I met with all the council members under the advice of certain folks and really invested my time into getting to know them. Some of these people I met with multiple, multiple times over a period of months. And my general approach to uh, work and politics, there are always disagreements between two people. And there will always be disagreements on especially the bigger issues. I think there's a tendency for people to dig in on just a yes or a no to an issue that has complexities and nuances, and that creates a pretty divisive environment, and it's hard for progress because there's a lack of communication in understanding, seeking understanding of two different perspectives, multiple perspectives. So I, uh, as I sat down with and got to know council members individually, um, we, we, we were able to discuss the nuances of controversial topics. And I generally feel that in any given important issue, um, people will, if they are good communicators, open-minded, good listeners, good question asked, respectful, um, there will ultimately be more that you end up agreeing on than disagreeing on. And uh, if we can get to that point, and that's just my opinion, um, I think we can be much more effective in these policies, ordinances that are critical to this city and how we all experience it. So that, that at a high level, that was my that was my approach to it. That was my that's still my objective on the commission is to to have those type of conversation. That's really a good point because so many people demonize the city and its planning department and its discretionary review boards. And I'm sure to some degree, some of that is justified. However, nothing is ever so simplistic that it's one side's problem or one side's responsibility to fix something. Uh, it does take collaboration and it takes communication and everybody has to come to the table with an idea of how to 
make things work from a positive perspective as opposed to pointing out what's wrong. And I, I think yeah. that's probably what they, they really liked in you. What are the big issues from your perspective in Santa Barbara? You're on the different side now. So, you know, you're working as a planning commissioner, you're, you're representing the public, but you've got to now enforce some, a lot of the things that the city does. What are the big issues that you're focused on as a planning commissioner, um, as a developer in mm-hmm. Santa Barbara? What do you care about most? Yeah. And by the term issues, I, I, w- I would not use that in a negative sense. Uh, very much positive and optimistic. These are just important subjects. Yeah. So at, at, I guess at the highest level, um, California has a housing conflict crisis, as the governor states. That's undeniable. Um, there, there needs to be more rental. Ha- there needs to be more housing. Um, there needs to be more rental housing at all income levels. And so that's, that's very applicable to Santa Barbara. And Santa, so Santa Barbara has to navigate that at the local level and at the state level. And um, where my specific experience has been is in the downtown central business district and the, the area surrounding it. And so for Santa Barbara specific, we have this focus on the economic vitality of our downtown Unlike maybe other cities in the county, um, State Street and the retail environment is struggling maybe more than uh, other locations. And so we, ha- we have the, the two are not exclusive. Um, and what the city is working towards and what I'm passionate about is, is merging those two as a, as a more effective solution to both. One can help the other. There's so many complexities, you know, and uh, Santa Barbara is so unique. I I have always had, as long as I can remember, a great love for Santa Barbara. One of my favorite things to do as a kid um, was when my mom would take my sister and I downtown to meet my dad uh, when he'd get off work. And we'd do this regularly, um, even once a week. And we would meet him at Rudy's Mexican Food in Pasea Nuevo when it was still there. And uh, from my memory, the downtown was a pretty awesome place to walk around as a young family like ours. And I'm a young kid, and we would eat, and then we would walk around. And for me, um, I would look at the building uh, and admire them, maybe not be able to articulate anything about them, but ask some questions, and I was impacted by those buildings. And um, ultimately, I believe the impact that had on me then, that that has on me now, that that has on so many people is largely due to about 100 years ago um, when city council uh, created the planning commission. Um, It was formerly the the plans and planting commit uh <laughs> pearl chase was on it and some of some of these other big names and santa barbara was crafting a vision for our city uh history tells us unlike any vision in america at the time um this is prior to the earthquake and uh, we were largely a kind of victorian town and uh there was this vision coming out of the exposition in san diego that kind of adopted this colonial spanish colonial revival style as a way to draw interest to our town planning commission was formed to execute on that and that's what we that's that's the greatness of our downtown now um that's intrinsic um that's that's not going away um but in a lot of ways like 
it's it's forgotten or or not it, it, it's not seen for how great it is so in my work i just simply identify to the best of my ability opportunities to bring life back to those great spaces a lot of these are historic spaces um and this is outside the funk zone this is on state street or just off of state street and uh it's always in the context of the community i grew up in and the benefit that it can have to that community um, and uh, I do the work I do, and I love the work I do largely because of what this city did a hundred years ago in crafting that vision and executing on that vision. And, and I think a lot of our solutions to housing in the downtown will come out of aspects of that vision that haven't fully come to fruition, um, which is exciting. We look to history to really uh, dictate success into our future. Let's look at the downtown a bit and specifically the funk zone. The funk zone is very successful these days. It's changed a lot from you know what it was 10, 15 years ago. Uh, parking, you know, we had that parking study, which actually said that there's plenty of parking yeah. in the funk zone. Uh, not my experience when I go there, but um, I'm probably going there at the wrong times. But uh, why is the funk zone work? Why is it so successful? Uh, whenever I'm downtown on the weekends, so many people in that direction. Uh, tell me from your perspective mm. how that happened and how that took off. And uh, nobody set out to plan the funk zone to be a successful destination point, but yeah. how, did, how did that work? Um, it, it, has its, it has its own identity and everybody experiences that and or recognizes that and it's a unique identity, right? I see that, that it, it doesn't just exist in the funk zone. It, it has been taken advantage of and recognized and developed in the funk zone, but that, that's kind of a, a, a map um, to success elsewhere. Uh, so yeah, it just, it just has, it has a rawness um, and a like unadulterated integrity, um, uh, authenticity that uh, is, is not as well recognized or defined or developed outside of it. And so it, it, it just becomes a place with places and spaces that people just want to keep coming back to. It's not as much the uses um, in those spaces, as much as that's important, but just the place self, the spaces themselves. There's, there's very little pretense, in my opinion, and, and, it's, and that's relatable to people. It, it allows people to lower their guard a bit, and uh, that promotes community and it, it's just a really sincere, or at least it, it started that way, uh, environment. Is it fair to blame the woes of State Street on the success of the funk zone? Is there any correlation to seeing the funk zone thrive organically to seeing State Street sort of uh, suffer in terms of retail storefront vacancies? Well, the two aren't the same. So the funk zone is not a brick and mortar retail district. So you can't really compare the two in that sense, in my opinion. But uh, no, I don't think that the funk zone is responsible for the decline of State Street. I think the funk zone provides some success stories and some opportunities for State Street to benefit. Mm. And it's growing up here, it's, it's crazy to me that they're seen as separate things. In that that funk the funk zone parking study that was presented to council some months ago, I spoke at that and I was able to work with city staff over the past few years to get language into the coastal plan for uh, 
the potential extension of the central business district south of the 101 to include the funk zone so that it can be brought into the downtown officially. I think that's a, that, that would be an important step, but I, my business isn't just in the funk zone. Like we, we had success there, and I would say one of the roughest blocks on State Street, the 400 block, we developed what's called Kim's Service Department at 418 and 416 State Street. And, you know, that's a block that has uh, the 99 cent only store, which is kind of rough around the edges. And um, there's bong shops and kind of sketchy massage parlors that have gotten shut down and an adult store and um, nightclubs. And it's just kind of it it, it 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 was a heavier concentration of homeless. That's why CityNet, the homeless outreach, started by targeting that. Well, like we got one of the most notable breweries in Southern California to lease the back of a space. We got the most successful cocktail operators in town and Good Lion and Test Pilot to open Shaker Mill. We got one of the the best finer dining restaurants in town in Barbarino to open a casual Cuban restaurant um, at significant investments, and they're very successful. So I don't see why what has happened in the funk zone cannot prevail throughout and around State Street. Yeah, it's if you go downtown anywhere in the evening, it's, it, there's so many people downtown. It's yeah. so exciting to see all of that. Uh, you touched on housing, right? Is house, how does housing fit into this? There are some who say that Santa Barbara's trying to provide housing for sort of the missing middle, yeah. and how will housing on State Street address that? Because the cost of real estate, it's obviously going to be expensive. We've seen in some of the newer developments that it's 3500 You know, we're talking about two-bedroom. It can be very expensive for people to afford to live yeah. there. And you talk about families and, you know, is, do we want to be building housing for families or do we just want to be building housing for young professionals? Um, how can housing downtown work? And if it works, who would it be working for? Yeah, there's a lot to touch on there. So uh, housing in cities and counties and cities throughout California is ultimately pushed by RENA numbers at the state level. So what I think that stands for regional housing needs allocation. Assessment, yeah. Yeah, assessment. Place like Santa Barbara really has a hard time meeting those numbers and the state has historically not enforced punitive punishment if you don't meet them but now they are because of the crisis the state is in so council's recent decision to place a high density priority overlay in the central business district was a strategic effort that was first put forward by staff, reviewed by planning commission, and jointly discussed with council to, to better meet those numbers. Like that, that is our ultimate objective as a city, to re- meet those numbers, because if we don't in any given year, the consequence is that the state will um, provide applicants uh, the ability to get ministerial approval through objective standards that if um, if those are not defined at the city level, they are defined at the state, 
and it takes away all of Santa Barbara's discretionary ability to review projects and to keep the integrity of what I previously spoke about that we all love. So there's a lot on the line. And council decided to remove priority overlay from Milpa Street and to, to place it on the central business district in an effort to actually increase. But th- that's a very complicated and controversial decision. Yeah. So, yeah, you in terms of housing downtown, there are a lot of challenges to, one, we need a good plan and good policies, good ordinance. But I was reading this, this article the other day, and this business leader said, he believes that 5% of the solution is on paper. 95% of solutions to any given issue really are in its execution. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a high level of confidence at the moment just with what I know and how I, how I see things that there will be a high level of execution, meaning ultimately will rental housing be built on and around State Street? I don't currently believe it's feasible at a scale that we desperately need. Right. So how do we incentivize that is where all these nuances come into play. The, you, you mentioned land cost. It is uh, not only more expensive, but there are many other barriers that you have to navigate in the central business district that you don't outside of it, such as historical resources or significantly smaller lot sizes. So that's that's a big reason why I'm I'm now on the planning commission personally is I, I want to help shepherd our city through and applicants through a process that will ultimately result in units being built. Mm-hmm. But do I have a high level of confidence that that'll happen downtown currently? No, but I I absolutely feel optimistic that we can get there. Yeah. But it has to take into account more than just the downtown to accomplish the housing demand. Yeah, removing the overlay in the Milpas area is obviously very controversial. Yeah. So it's going to be one of the things that you're charged with on the Planning Commission is is uh, finding other good spots for, for yeah. housing as those projects come through. You mentioned growing up here. So yeah. tell me a little bit about yourself. Where'd you go to school? And huh. uh, a lot of people grow up here and they can't afford to live here and they go elsewhere and provide their contributions to other communities. Yeah. Um, I grew up here too. And yeah. um, I had opportunity to work in the Bay Area and didn't like it and chose to come back here where I grew up because it's an amazing place. I also feel like I want to give back to the same environment where mm-hmm. I learned so much in. What's your story? Why did you yeah. decide to, to stay here and be a professional in this community? Well, I love it. Mm-hmm. And I've lived all over the place in the Santa Barbara area, Santa Barbara, Montecito, and Carpinteria. I was born and raised here, and I went to Santa Barbara Junior High and Santa Barbara High School. My parents took financial risks at times that didn't pay off and we'd have to move to, you know, really affordable rental on the freeway in the outskirts of Carpinteria. Or I can in some way relate to the strain that housing costs and low supply can place on a family because mm-hmm. I couldn't be in the immediate neighborhood at times and my friends or my school. And so additionally, my wife is a kindergarten teacher at Cleveland Elementary. 
she has been for eight years, I think, going on a decade. And this is something I've shared with council members because in my business, for-profit, development, redevelopment, investment, I think there can be a bias that why would somebody like me care about affordability in housing if it doesn't just benefit me financially? (laughs) And my wife, every year, she has kids who kind of at best just fall asleep in in her class almost every day but then it can also be more like traumatic manifestations and so she has her parent teacher conferences and she'll hear a range of explanations it could be well we live with multiple other families in a small apartment and all the kids sleep in the living room on the floor on the couch And other parents, you know, may be up partying all night, watching TV. The kids can't sleep, don't really have a place to do homework. They fall asleep. That happens every year she hears that. And almost every year she hears that, well, we don't have a home. We live out of our car or we live at a campsite. I mean, I had no no idea. (laughs) I have a love for Santa Barbara. You have a love for Santa Barbara. A lot of people have a love for Santa Barbara, a great love for Santa Barbara who live here or try to live here because they work here and they contribute to this town and this community, but they struggle big time to live here. And so uh, growing up here, and, and my wife grew up in Ventura, but knowing what her experience has been with these families over the past 10 years, man, I want that bias removed from me because I care about these housing needs. I really do. There's no easy, obvious solution to get there Mm -hmm. because in the moderate income level, we've built four units. (laughs) Four. Yeah. You know? So inclusionary housing is, is tricky. Where'd you go to school? I, I went to uh, Montecito Union for elementary. Mm-hmm. I went to Santa Barbara Junior High and then Santa Barbara High School. Yeah. Went to City College for a little bit, and then I went to USC in L.A. and yeah. uh, didn't like L.A. and got back here as quickly as I could. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, tell me about your family. Are you uh, starting a family soon, I hear? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My wife's pregnant with our first kid. Um, we're having a little boy, James Thatcher Reed, yeah. and she's due on March 8th. So, wow, anytime. Any, anytime. Yeah, very exciting. And we live, I would say, downtown. We live uh, uh, less than two blocks off of State Street, lower State Street in West Beach. Oh, okay. Uh, so, I don't always walk to work, but I can walk to work. And we, I mean, we really feel the effects of downtown we live down here and but we love it we yeah. love it where where do you want to uh, see santa barbara in the next five years you're going to be on the planning commission for at least four years and probably you know more um what uh, what do you want to see what direction do you want to see santa barbara go well i want to ultimately i, I just want i want people to be very proud of Santa Barbara and I want to see like I believe you can be a historic preservationist and also a, a, a smart and effective 
and successful developer for the community. I want to be able to navigate preserving what has always made Santa Barbara great in our historic resources while also meeting the demands of our community. That's going to be tricky. There's some incredible resources that we, we have from planning 100 years ago and stuff that's happened with the AIA charrettes. And I really think like looking at this thing block by block is going to be really critical to reshaping Santa Barbara and ho- hopefully having something, a, a beautiful change five years from now that is just an enhancement on what has always been so great. But housing downtown, people, you know, they talk about like a 18-hour city or a 24-hour city, like what happens when retail closes? Is it vibrant 18 hours a day? Is it vibrant? I don't think we can be a 24-hour city, but I'd like people to refer to Santa Barbara more as an 18-hour city. Like people live and they work and they there's all this energy in these concentrated spaces. Mm-hmm. And I think we can get there. Housing's a big part of that. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Amazon on State Street? It's a it's a little bit misleading because these people worked for a company that was bought by Amazon and many of them were already in the community. They were in Summerland, but now you have this big company coming downtown and uh, there's been a little bit of tension around that in terms of what are they going to do to real estate, you know, leasing prices? Are they going to shop downtown? Where are they going to live? Everybody's always resistant to a little bit of, of change, but here you have this national corporation that many blame for the demise of retail and here Mm. they are on state street (laughs) and retail has suffered and they're focused on alexa but what do you think of their presence downtown i think it's positive it's it's just just brings energy and people with resources and motivation to enjoy the things that are currently in the downtown and hope it'll attract interest outside of Santa Barbara to invest in these spaces, I think it's exciting. And I, I think it'll that, that represents a, a segment that would definitely fill housing if it gets built downtown. I think it was five years ago or so I leased to, in the funk zone, at the time of small company called Honey Science Corporation. Hmm. And it was just this one guy who was not a founder, but effectively in the founding group of this business. And he didn't want to work down in L.A., so he wanted to manage an office in Santa Barbara, business development. And it just started with him and one, I think, one other girl. And they grew to 10, um, and then they grew to 20 out of that space. And then I actually bought a 6,000-foot building on Haley and Laguna Street, uh, catty corner from the mill, because they were growing so quick and they occupied that and now they just lease they outgrew that and they're in almost 30,000 feet of a former Sonos building and I bring that up because at Haley um, when they were there and they just moved to the new facility short-lived but a friend of mine Peter Lewis built I think 28 27, 28 units, small units, I think two blocks away on, a, I believe, Salsa Puedes in Coda, kind of contemporary rental housing building, built more affordable. And uh, a lot of those tenants uh, or a lot of uh, employees at Honey 
lease space there. Mm-hmm. Didn't even have cars, just walked to work, enjoyed the downtown. And so I think the same could happen with Amazon. And you know, we have to be careful. Those are higher paying jobs. And we don't want to see all middle high income rental housing. We need, we need more affordable components. So that's just one piece of the economic vitality of downtown. The harder one to navigate is the, the more affordable units. Yeah. You mentioned Haley and Laguna. So are you are you Team Laguna District or Team Lagoon District? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I have not really gotten involved in the branding, but I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. And that's just an example of another area like the Funk Zone starting to gain its own unique identity. And that's possible all throughout our greater downtown. And there's just so many, un- there's so much unique character. I think that's that's going to develop more over the coming years. And back to your question, what do I want to see Santa Barbara in five years? I'd like to see one unified downtown with a collect with multiple identities, you know, one comprehensive identity, but a lot of parts that make up that identity that are very unique. And it can, it can just bring discovery and fascination to the visitor or the resident of downtown. And I think that's hidden right now, but it's there. And I try to make an effort to reveal it, to bring it out. And I think we're moving in that direction, which is exciting. Great. Well, Barrett Reed, thanks so much for taking some time to talk today. It was my pleasure. Good luck to you. Thanks.